Hey, good evening. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight our topic is people. People. I think this must be God's favorite subject to talk about. Yeah, and this is Jane's choice. She came up with this one, so where we go with it, God only knows. Well, he'll take us. Yeah, Jane doesn't know. So we just, uh, I just thought, you know, I'm thinking about people, and there's people, I was, I guess I thought of this because I'm thinking of my favorite people, and then I start num- naming a bunch of people off, but I, I thought of you and Hawk and Weston, of course, and then I think of all my kids, and then I think of my church family, and I think we're all God's favorites. You know, I know John called himself the disciple who Jesus loved, but I think any any one of them could have been called the disciple who Jesus loved. So sure. Um, so you know, with people, and there's also ones maybe we don't like so much because maybe our personalities clash. Or well, I think there's only two kinds of people in the world. Okay. People who need Jesus and have Jesus, and people who need Jesus and don't have Jesus. Oh, I like that. I think that's really all there is. Yes. And I, I consider myself one who really needs Jesus and really has Jesus. So, Amen. Um, I think that's something we always have to keep in mind when we look at people. Yeah. They need Jesus. If, if Either... we have conflict with anyone, it's someone who is lacking that in their lives. We're not meant to have conflict with other Christians, and other Christians should be able to um, work out differences without having any any long-standing problems. But if there's someone in your life that is is that thorn mm-hmm. in your side that just doesn't go away or someone that is causing you to lose your focus or uh, lose your temper or whatever, step back and realize, first of all, that what's lacking in their life is what causes them to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Or it could be also, I think, sometimes that... I don't disagree with it. I completely agree with it. But it also could be, it's just, sometimes I think the person that rubs us the wrong way mm-hmm. is the person we really need to get to know. Well, sometimes. Because I think... But there are times I think God will put someone in your in your life that's going to be that burr under your saddle blanket, but they're going to make... And you've done this for me a lot. I know when I've had issues, um, you will say, we need to pray for that person. Yeah. We need to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. The one that's causing the issue, you have to, you need to pray for them. So I think that's important. And I think, too, you were talking about people who don't yet know Jesus, but we can also kind of clash with other brothers and sisters in, in the faith. And I think sometimes when that happens, people tend to just don't want to be around that other person. But, again, that might be someone you really need to get to know. And because iron sharpens iron, right. and I think when we try, when we avoid someone, we need to stop and go. Okay, why am I doing that? Because God doesn't avoid anyone. Right. And I think we need to 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 address that issue head on, whatever it is, in a in a gentle way, and and try to figure out why I'm avoiding that person and. Because you don't, that that's a hold on you when someone when you have to run the other way because you don't want to talk to someone or or whatever, and that's not how we're supposed to be with anyone. No, no, so. no and, and we're all sinners saved by grace. Each yeah. and every one of us. There is no one without sin. There is no one without that sin has not touched or affected. 
And I, I always look at someone <clears throat> when I, I'm in my right mind and I'm not angry, which, you know, that, that doesn't do me any good. But when I look at someone like that who is hateful or hurtful or uh, a gossip or a backstabbing or whatever you want to call it, I always think, boy, that person is in such pain. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, a lack of self-esteem, whether it's a need to, you know, look at me, look at me, mm-hmm. or or someone trying to knock someone down so they can crawl over the body instead mm-hmm. of just standing on their own two feet, I always think, boy, that person has got to be in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And you know, I I have matured into the concept I understand now that I would not want to be that person mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade places with that person someone who doesn't you know that doesn't like me or has something against me I just I I feel the need to pray for them because I know they got to be in pain mm. and on top of that I would never want to be in that person's shoes no if you're sick uh I'm trying to think of the word succumbed, not succumbed. 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 No, that's not what I mean. Maybe, well, when you were just filled with anger toward another person or bitterness or... Uh-huh. Consumed? Consumed. Yeah, there that's what I wanted succumbed. to say. Succumbed. <laughs> okay. Consumed with negative feelings toward another person. And maybe you deal with that by talking about that person with other people and complaining about them. And, it, and you can catch this even if... If you have a, if there's something inside me and I want to talk about it with other people, I realize what that is is that is something I need to address. If you're if someone continues to talk about somebody negatively for eons, there is a root to that, and they need to address it because we don't need God does not want us to have anything against another person. No. That's not who we're fighting. You no, know, we're, we're fighting. Yeah, go ahead. Say. Go ahead. Oh, well, we're, we're fight, not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities and spiritual forces. It's spiritual warfare. Yeah. And if there's a problem in a relationship, it's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. You don't, you're not at warfare with the person. You're at warfare with the, with the, the sin that's in the world. Right. Now, I'm going to read where... People are first created in Genesis. This is the very beginning, the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 26 uh, through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We got, I I forgot to numb all the, numb, quiet all the interaction. That's all right. We'll get, we'll get, and, and so... When God made us, man and woman, male and female, are created in his image. Mm -hmm. What an honor. He's like, let's make these little people that reflect me, and they are going to do my role on the earth. They're going to take care of all creation. And uh, 
And we're still supposed to be doing that, even though this is the Old Testament. We're still supposed right. to be caring for animals and and creation. Stewardship is something that God has put in our hands. Um, I guess that's our first role, right? Well, I guess. Yeah. I guess. There, I've got two different passages here that I really love in relation just to people. And as Christians, um, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're, we're new creations. But we were created for work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created for that. Yeah. And in addition, the other one I really like, I love this one, just, you know me, I've always, I've never done it, but I've always wanted to do pottery. Oh, I know. I'd like it. you got good hands for it. Well, Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. We are all the work of your hand. We are just clay in the hands of the Father. I love that. I love that concept that, you know, we are moldable and shapeable and that God has the ability to constantly be working on us. If you watch a potter working on a wheel, they can start one direction and go in a different direction and create this and then change it to that. And while the potter, while the, while the clay is malleable, mm-hmm. it can be made in, into anything. And also, I It do... can start with just a lump and turn into something beautiful and useful and if something happens when the potter's making it the potter can start over right and that's kind of as long as we stay like you said malleable flexible tender a tender heart toward god even if we like super mess up badly i mean i mean i don't know think of the worst thing you could do and let's say you did that that's not the end you go back to god and say Remake me. Yeah, remake me. And he can do that. He has done that for thousands, probably millions of people that, you know, was going one way in life and then all of a sudden switch gears. Right. And and that sometimes is the strongest testimony is the ones that went from one thing to another, went from one extreme to another and allowed God to recreate into the image he wants us to be created in. And I think... Um, you know, it, it talks about Adam being made from the dust and Adam being made from the clay. And I think we're all in that position, too. And I think God is constantly trying to mold us. Mm-hmm. And if we are flexible enough to allow it, he can do wonderful things. Yeah. But if we intentionally want to fight him, he's going to have to push harder. He's going to have to work harder to get us there. Oh. And I think, again, when we look at people in general... Uh, humans are we have the the capacity more than any other animal in the world any other creature that's ever been created we have a greater capacity for destruction mm-hmm. a greater capacity to cause pain we are one of the only creatures that will intentionally you know kill for no reason mm-hmm. ourselves right we will damage ourselves for no reason right and the complexity of the human being goes, of course, beyond the, the animal in that because Satan is not so much concerned about, you know, turning sin and turning the animals to sin. He's just turning us because of the souls. But um, we I, have such a capacity for destruction and also such a capacity for production. Oh, that's good. 
both directions. We could go either direction. That could be a, a, a sermon. Destruction the, or production. And the difference between those things, the difference between um, production and destruction is just God. That's it. If God can turn us into what He wants us to be, we will be productive. If God can't turn us into what He wants us to be, the only other option is that we would be destructive. So, that's all there really is to it. And another thing about people. Mm. We think, okay, so let's say we're doing something we think is so important, and then someone comes and interrupts us. We think they're a distraction. Like, while we're doing this podcast, it seems we have a zillion distractions. But, as far as with people, they're not a distraction. They're the reason we're there. Right. You know? And I think I felt that a lot when, well, and I could see our daughter, our married daughter who has a child, two-year-old, who is incredible, by the way. They all are. But I can, I, I feel what she feels at times when she, she works from home. And so there are certain days sometimes that she ha- she wants to get a certain thing done for her boss. And, of course, that's the very time when her two-year-old needs her attention. And there is that you start a project and then you have to stop it because the child needs your attention. And there can be a mm-hmm. real stress to that because you just want to get it done. But now you got to do this. And I remember that happening with me, you know. And Well, I can give you another example of that. Yeah. Um, from a teaching perspective, best laid plans, we set out lesson plans. Yeah. I set out lesson plans every week for what I want to accomplish that week. There is never a guarantee. There's so much fluidity when it comes to that because dealing with the students that I have, whether they're 8th graders or whether they're sophomores, and I have 8th, ninth, and 10th, um, there's always influences on them outside of my classroom mm-hmm. that will affect them inside of my classroom. Mm-hmm. So I have to deal with that, and I have to adjust for that. I have to allow for that. And I think about Jesus and the way Jesus dealt with people. Mm-hmm. His mission here on earth was the salvation of the world. That was his mission. That was why he was here. He came to die for us, really. Mm-hmm. That, that was his mission. But what he did while he was on the earth was all about relationships yeah. with people. Right. Individual people... As we go through all four of the, the Gospels, we see over and over and over again that Jesus was concerned about the individual. Mm-hmm. He wasn't concerned about the corporate group. He was concerned about the individual. Right. He would feel compassion because they were sheep without a shepherd. And every chance he got, he sat down with each individual sheep and he looked them in the eye and he spoke to them personally. And I think that is the... That is the example that was laid out for us because in the end, relationship is all that matters. Yeah. Relationship with others is all that matters. You know, we we, um, we humans like to, to make plans, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But especially as believers, we need to remember we can make plans, but if God changes the plans, well then... Roll with it. Roll with it because he's in charge. But I just... Um, it's so neat... For me to see what happened this last for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we had people over, and we had a great time. And our son Pete wanted to go home Thursday night, but by the time we got done talking with our friends who were here, it was almost three thirty, and uh, we would have been driving in the dark most of the time. So 
Shannon here talked to Pete and said waiting till Friday, and so he didn't well, really. And, and, and then Pete, it, Pete is about two and a half hours away. So it's not That's that far, yeah. It doesn't seem like that far, but that'd be at least a five, probably more like a six-hour round trip. And it's the deer are in the ditch, and there's all oh. sorts of reasons not to be driving in the dark after dark if you don't have to. And we didn't have to. No, we didn't have to. So we waited, and then we got to his house where he lives, and it so happens our friend Kathy was working at that time at his house, and she normally doesn't work during the day. She always works through the night she's a night person and then i just happened to ask about her niece who just happens happened to be in the hospital and so many have witnessed to her and for years decades i know kathy has and and um all this kind of worked out together and then we were able to go over to the hospital and then then she became a christian just out of the blue i mean it was just it was so it was so orchestrated by God. If Kathy hadn't been there, if we hadn't gone back Friday, and things like this happen all the time, I think that's when we have to. I've mentioned this before. When you're with people and bad things happen, good things happen. It's just life. But let's quit asking why God, why, and say, okay, what are you going to do with this, Lord? Right. Because you never know who you're going to meet. And Jesus says the fields are ripe unto harvest. Someone might just be waiting for you to say, please accept Jesus. Because people, oh, people need him so bad. Yeah, and that flexibility to, to let God mold you and, and push you and, and guide you and lead you in places. Um, I, I have found in my own life, the longer I walk with God, the more I'm aware of the nudges that I get from him. Yeah. And the more I'm aware of what his purpose was afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't catch me by surprise as much. It's just it's just an, an incredible blessing. Leading someone to Christ is one of the greatest blessings you will ever have. And you can walk up and down the street with a sign trying to get people to do it. That doesn't, doesn't really work a whole lot that I know of. But that one-on-one relationship, when someone sees that you care and they know that you care and they're open, we can be those hands and feet of God. And that is just absolutely beautiful. I have a verse mm-hmm. kind of goes with what you were talking about before. Jeremiah 4.3, second part of it says, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskins of your heart. Um, so... He's telling us we need to stay teachable and soft toward him. If you start feeling arrogance or whatever, you need to break that up and don't sow among thorns. Don't just keep doing what you're doing if it's getting some bad results. But also... That's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing you've always done and expecting a different result. And even... And God has to put up with us doing that so often. Yeah, we do that every and Yeah. In reality, that's not what he's asking for. Um, I've got a First John 3, 1 through 2. Okay. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. The reason why the world does not know us is that it does not did not know him. Mm-hmm. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we, will, but we know 
that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Mm. We don't even know exactly what God's got in plan, what God has planned for us, what's going to happen. We don't know. Right. But we are children of God. Yeah, that's, and that's such, our main identity. Yeah. As such, we should look different. We should act different. We should oh, sound different. Oh, talked about this Sunday. Yeah, we should be different. Yeah, because and not, we are children of God. Not wacko different. We just need to. If you're a light, a lamp in the midst of like dark, you're gonna stand out. I mean, everyone's gonna see you, and you well, just have to. And be I always think of it this way too. All of our boys and my daughter, uh-huh. if they're standing next to me, nobody doubts the family relationship whatsoever. Mm. They see me and they go, "Yeah, that's father and son." There, I can tell. Uh-huh. With us, it's the Henrik's nose. <laughs> That seems to always carry on. But it's just one of those things that you recognize the family resemblance immediately mm, when you see them that's together. Good. Yeah. And when people see us, they should see that family relationship of our father in us. Yeah. They should say, You're different. Mm-hmm. I can tell. You're not like everybody else. And because we are not like the world. Right. And it should show. And if it does, sometimes that will be rejected by people who are in love with the world. And sometimes that will be sought out by people who are in pain because of the world. Right. And we need to make sure that we re- we resemble our Father when right. we look we for c- us. Because they'll be looking and we need to be there for people who need him. And, of course, when Jesus says the greatest commandment and the second one is like it, the second com- the great greatest one, of course, is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. This was Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven through 40. So, I mean, people are like the most important thing to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, he gave us this creation to enjoy. He gave us animals to take care of. Now, if you're not an animal person, he's probably not going to call you to take care of animals. But there's tons of people who love animals. I mean, I think of those people who are right now working toward um, keeping the narwhals population up. You know, and and maybe somebody might not think that's God's, God's work, but it is God's work because that's caring for narwhals. That's, I don't know what they're doing for narwhals, but we read a book on narwhals. Hawk and I, and, and narwhals are just a neat little whale. And uh, But there's all sorts of different creatures that people are conserving and uh, mm. saving. And, you know, when they oil spills and they clean them all up with Dawn dish soap. I mean, I, well, that's what Dawn says anyway. But um, we all have different gifts. And yeah. I just, but we it, need to treasure people, treasure them. Give everyone, when we speak with people, give them their dignity. You know, even if they totally disagree with you, we should be able to disagree with people and still get along. I mean, just that whatever you disagree with them about, that's just one part of them. That's not them. That's their opinion about something or whatever. And we are supposed to love them, love everybody. And there is a, there's an old saying, and I'm going to twist it a little bit to, to fit my purpose here. Okay. That it's the the old saying is there. Each of us is three people. Oh yeah, yeah. You've mentioned this. You know who the the saying goes: who other people think we are, who we are, and who we really are. But I think the three people we are is who other people think we are, 
who we think we are and who God knows we are. That's better. And That's, I, yeah. I think our goal should be to make the first two people as close as possible to be the third person. Yeah. We should be to other people as close as we can to being what God knows we are. We should be in ourselves as close as we can to be what God wants us to be. So that's, I think as a Christian, that is our goal, mm-hmm. is to be what we are intended to be by yeah. God. What God, God, Jesus knows everything about us. God knows everything about us. Um, John 2, I'm going to go 23 through 25 mm-hmm. here. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. Mm-hmm. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Mm-hmm. God knows beyond the surface. He knows beyond the outward. He knows beyond the bumper stickers, the t-shirts, um, church membership. He knows your heart. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize our heart and change our heart Mm-hmm. Not the outside, but the inside. I have some verses. And if we oh, can be ahead. what God wants us to be, then we can be that clay that's molded into what he needs us to be for other people. Right. And I think what that is, is that means you'll be truly who Shannon was created to be. Right. You'll be Shannon, and I'll be Jane, who and, I was created to be. And we will falter, and we will fail, and we will fall down, and we come back to God and say, Remake me again. Yep. Here's but. some verses. Romans twelve one and 2. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Mm-hmm. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think there's a lot of... Well, people do this all the time. They want to stand out, so they're trying to make themselves different. But what happens is they end up being like everybody else, you know. They follow the crowd. They they try to shock maybe the older folks, thinking, look at me, I'm so different. But there's nothing new under the sun. But if you were, if you truly just trust Jesus and seek him, he will help you become the person you were created to be. And there's no one like you. And you are that that who you were created to be is his plan for you. And the world needs that person you are. The world needs Shannon as Shannon. The world needs me as Jane. The world needs Hawkin as Hawkin. If I pretend if I try to be like someone else, then I'm not fulfilling mm. my role. And I, And a lot they, of people a lot of people, I don't think a lot of Christians reach for that. Yeah. They try and become someone that they admire, that right. they like, that they look at. And while that's not a bad thing to have a role model, if it's a good role model, that's not a bad thing. But we have to remember that as individuals, we were created individually on purpose. Mm-hmm. We're not all carbon copies of each other. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Psalm 139, 13 through 16, I love this one. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. My eyes saw Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. God has a plan 
for each and every one of us. From the beginning of creation, God had a plan for you. Mm-hmm. He created each and every one of us individually on purpose, the way we are. Mm-hmm. Not accidentally, not based on experiences, nothing like that. God said, I made you because I want to have you as an individual. Mm-hmm. So as that individual, as that individual creation of God, that special creation, we are called for a specific purpose on this earth. And each and every one of us needs to spend our lives listening for God to show us the way and then following through on that purpose. Mm-hmm. And like you said, then we will become who we really are. Can I share one illustration that goes with that? Sure. Okay, so um, like painters, I don't know now, but in France and Italy, like Michelangelo and... Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, da Vinci, it? Raphael. Da Vinci, yeah, all these guys. Yeah. How they would teach their apprentices or how they teach students of... student artists to paint is they would copy copy some of the masterpieces right and that way they would start learning techniques and stuff but that person we can only go so far by copying like role models and we can learn things like that but there has to come a point where we go off on our we go off and get our own style of life get our own style as i'm jane and i only can find that by truly seeking jesus on my own and establishing that relationship is just between me and him. And he speaks to me differently than he speaks to Shannon because we're different people. Not, not that he, he, Jesus never contradicts himself. His prince, he's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you, he interacts with each one of us differently, just the same way as we do with different people. And, and if you look at someone who copies the great masters and does... You, know, you want to go to your art illustration there. The one who does it the best, so it's even, you can't even tell the difference between some great masterful painting and the person that did it. There's still a word for them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're a, a counterfeiter. They're a counterfeiter. Yeah. They're still not themselves. They're, 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 just they're copying someone else. We don't want and God to doesn't want us to be counterfeit. He wants us to be real. Yeah. And each and every one of us is a masterpiece created by his hand. Mm-hmm. And as that masterpiece, we have to honor that in our own lives. And in other people's lives, because they too yes, are, are masterpieces. Creations. Yes. And we need to, to treat them that way. Each one is beautiful in God's eyes. Yes. People are beautiful in God's eyes. If God loves the world enough to send his son, who are we to say others? otherwise? Right. Right. That's really good. Each and every one of us is loved individually. Each and every one of us is created individually. Each and every one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. So no matter what your situation, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, if you open your eyes and open your heart and listen, get into the Word, seek Him, He's waiting for you. He -hmm. says, if you knock, I will answer the door and I will come in and I will be with you. And when that happens, you can truly be who you are meant to be. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. God bless. Hey, Merry Christmas. We're in the Christmas season now. Yeah. Officially, it's December 1st. God bless. Bye.